Hello and welcome to IOSH Magazine's podcast series. These podcasts will feature exclusive interviews with industry experts, behind-the-scenes discussions with members, and conversations with future leaders of the health and safety profession. In this episode, we speak to IOSH's Chief Executive, Vanessa Harwood-Witcher. Vanessa discusses her first six months in the job, how the profession has earned the recognition it deserves thanks to COVID, and why we should be optimistic about the future. So I'm delighted to say that we have Vanessa Harwood-Witcher on the podcast today, Chief Executive of IOSH. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you very much, Kelly. Good to be here. So you've been Chief Executive of IOSH for six months now. What have been the three most notable challenges that you faced during that time? Well, well, it's been a, a busy six months. Uh, I'll start with that and, and actually an incredible honour and pleasure to be Chief Executive of IOSH. Um, uh, I have to pinch myself regularly, actually, that I've got such a fantastic job. So I think with, with challenges, that there's always opportunity. So um, and I'm a very positive person. So I like to sort of think about people uh, and things being opportunities rather than challenges. But I guess the main thing has really been COVID. Um, you know, we've all, uh, and that's not personal to me, that's that's everybody sort of going through all the many changes um, that we've had to sort of face, uh, you know, different variants coming along and what that means for our organisation. And, and for IOSH, it's a, a sort of double whammy in the fact that I've got to lead an organisation of colleagues through, through those changes, but also support our 48,000 members and wider professionals and other stakeholders through through that too. So, you know, it it's it's been a test, I think, of our agility, um, both as IOSH and and as the profession. Um, but actually, I think you know we've put generally really good measures in place. They've been proportionate. Um, you know, whether it's IOSH as an organisation and an employer, or um, you know the profession more broadly, and actually the outcome of that has been really positive. Um, you know, I think we've shown um, our true colours and the fact that we really add value to the organisations that we support. So um, it's been a challenge, obviously, to try and keep up with all those changes. But I think we've actually shown ourselves off to be the brilliant profession that we are. So, um, you know, out of that challenge has come huge opportunity. Um, I think that the next thing really has been um, around building our new strategy. So Work 2022, as the name hints, comes to an end this year. Um, and we've been working really closely with our board of trustees and our uh, council to look at what the new strategy will involve. And that's been really focused on transformation. Uh, you know, the last strategy has been really involved around transformation, but we're not in that position anymore. So it's really about how we build on that uh, amazing work that's gone on during Work 2022 and really start to leverage the benefits from it. Um, so we've done some really good things with council, um, looking at the values of the profession and how we might take those forward into our next strategy. Um, you know, and it's been really refreshing, I think, working together on that. So again, whilst a complex thing to do, um, it, you know, it's hugely rewarding. And obviously, members will get to hear a little bit more about that later in the year. Um, and then I think the final thing for me is really being a hybrid organisation. So IOSH um, now has colleagues that work fully at home, partly at home and partly in the office. Um, and that's given me personal challenges as a leader, um, thinking about how I, I lead an organisation because it's very different when you're neither one thing or, or another. 
Um, and I think also just thinking about how we serve our membership and our wider customers and stakeholders, it, it's different. So they have different expectations of us. And again, it's pushed demands on us to be really agile around meeting those requirements. But actually, I think we're doing that really well. Um, I think we've had increased productivity from the way that we've been working and um, better um, access to some of um, the members and client groups that we didn't have in a, a physical world. So I do think it, it's enabled us to sort of do all the things that we do very well, sharing knowledge, helping people develop their capability and providing a whole host of um sort of resources that perhaps we wouldn't have been able to do in the past. So again, opportunity out of that challenge. Yeah, it's definitely been a test for the profession, hasn't it? The last mm. couple of years. So obviously we're now two years into what is the deadliest pandemic since the world was struck by influenza, I guess a century ago, 1918. Mm. So how is do you think this pandemic influencing IOSH and its members and what lasting effects do you think it will have on the world of work? I mean, nobody would have wished COVID on the world. And I, I think that's first and foremost to say and, and to acknowledge the, the sort of human tragedy that um, we've all experienced in our lives. Um, good has come out of it. Um, and I hope that that's a lasting good. And I think that's particularly the case for the OSH profession in the fact that, you know, we've been able to show employers that actually if you have good risk assessments, if you have good capable OSH professionals in your organisation, then you can put sensible and proportionate controls in place that, that manage all the risks that COVID has, has brought upon us. Um, and I think, you know, we can show demonstrably that we're protecting people and building their confidence to to, to work and to continue to keep their organisations, you know, sustainably working. So I think COVID has brought about an opportunity to show um, the benefits of really good OSH. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that we've had the circumstances that we've had, but absolutely has shone a light on our profession and shown how brilliant um, the profession is. So um, I think the profession in, in its turn has then absolutely risen to that challenge. You know, um, we've always known that we're a capable bunch and that we have many things to bring to, to our organisations. But this is, has really sort of allowed us to be in the boardroom, you know, influencing employers and, and perhaps getting the attention of employers where they, they might not have been so um, attentive to, to health and safety for various reasons. So I think, you know, it, it's just been a, a, a wonderful sort of perfect storm in that sense yeah. of employers really needing us and, and us being absolutely there to, to meet that challenge. Um, so, yeah, I think the other thing I suppose to say is that um, COVID's one thing and, um, you know, remains a you know really important risk factor for us to, to, to manage and control. But actually, there's loads of other stuff yeah. <laughs> that continues to go on in life. And, you know, health and safety isn't just for COVID. Um, to, to slightly warp a phrase, you know, we've got things, other things that are, um, you know, in our outside environment, you know, mega trends around how we, um, you know, recognise risks that come from AI, from new technologies, you know, other communicable diseases. I was reading just this morning about meningitis um, becoming more prevalent again. Um, really? Yeah. So, you know, every day there's something new, but I guess the principles of good risk management are there and are, are constant in that. And that's what we've proven works. So, 
whilst we've got all these things going on, I think we have a lot more credibility and a lot more trust from our employers now. Absolutely. Um, so following on from that, what condition is the OSH profession in and how is IOSH supporting the development of the profession? I think the profession's just really come of age. Uh, you know, as I've just said, I think there's been this sort of perfect storm moment. And, you know, we have risen to the challenge in ways that I never um, thought possible, to be honest. Um, and I think um, we, we did a survey very recently sort of asking our members, were they more valued? Where did they feel more supported by their organisations? And resoundedly, that was the case. You know, I think we have... Mm-hmm. Um, really, really sort of come to the attention of very senior managers in, in a way that wouldn't have happened before. So I think, you know, the condition of the profession is that we're in a really good state. Um, and I think IOSH also has sort of, whatever happens to profession happens within IOSH too. Um, and I think, you know, we've been really agile around being able to support members to, to be valued and to, to continue to be agile. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, IOSH was set up by uh, a group of um, OSH professionals in 1945, so yeah. six years ago now. Um, and, and the whole point of that was that it was there to support each other and to, to bring knowledge and good practice and to share experiences. And that's what lies at the heart of IOSH now. Um, you know, it's within our charitable objects. Uh, and that's what we try to do for members. So for IOSH, it's just about building and building upon that. and getting slicker at it as we go along. Yeah, I think there were 22 of them at the very, very beginning. It's amazing, <laughs> isn't it, when you think about it? Yes, yeah. It's it's an incredible honour, I think, to be part of an organisation that has come from that ground level and the passion mm. that those original volunteers had and just sort of seeing, you know, the continuing, uh, you know, thousands of people that now volunteer for, for IOSH. It's, yeah. it's amazing. So IOSH recently appointed an equality, diversity and inclusion lead. Can you tell me uh, about the work IOSH is doing to ensure it's an inclusive employer and to make the profession more diverse? Yeah, I mean, I I was absolutely delighted that Fayola joined us um, last year. I mean, she's vastly experienced in um, EDI uh, and every day I'm learning something new from her. I think it would be fair to say. And I think... um, Inclusion for us is absolutely enshrined in what we do, I think, both as an employer and, again, as a, as a profession. So, you know, if people can't bring their whole selves to work, they, they're not being true to themselves and, you know, they won't be happy, they won't be productive, they won't feel like they can add what they really could add to an organisation. So, you know, there's a moral duty, I think, for me personally, I think absolutely that we should be an employer of choice as as IOSH. But actually, there's something more fundamental in the profession as well about making sure from a mental health point of view that people can bring their whole selves to work. And I think health has been such a focus for all the reasons that we've, we've spoken about on the podcast already. And this is a natural extension of that. Um, So, board have actually uh, agreed to commit um, three years worth of spend from our charitable reserves um, to invest in EDI. um, And that has a sort of three-phase approach for us. So, the first phase is looking at IOSH as an employer um, and making sure that we're doing all the things that we should be doing to be an employer of choice and to include our people. 
Um, I think that's particularly important um, since we launched the Catch the Wave campaign. Um, you know, we're trying to put people at the heart of social sustainability. Um, and so we need to be absolutely exemplar in the way that we um, run as, a, as an organisation. So um, I think that's really critical. Um, and I think that the next two phases are really about members um, next. Um, so looking at how um, as a membership organization we are as inclusive as we can be that's really important as we're growing um, in all shapes and forms so we have a much more diverse background of of members and that's changing constantly and then we want to look actually then at the profession so moving outwards from the membership into the profession as a whole so this is a three-year program to really um, start to embed good practice and good thinking around inclusion. Um, so, yeah, very excited about it and something that um, I'm championing. So, Faola works directly for me and okay. um, I see it's part of my mission as Chief Exec uh, of IOSH to, to really champion this agenda. And finally, what is making you feel optimistic? You said that you're a very positive person. So, what's making you feel optimistic about the next five years or so for IOSH and the OSH profession? And if you can give us any uh, teasers as to what the uh, new strategy might include. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sneaky peek. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am optimistic as a, as a person, most definitely. And I, and I think for me, it's about seizing the day. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, um, but, you know, the profession is at a peak at the moment. And IOSH is also at a peak. So we've been on this amazing transformation journey over the last five years through Work 2022. You know, I've inherited an organisation as a chief executive, which is in really good form. You know, we're financially stable. We're doing amazing things with our global stakeholders. You know, we're at the table with people like World Health Organisation. You know, I couldn't really ask for more. So it it really is... Um, you know, an opportunity in our new strategy and uh, to, to leverage all of that good work. And that, I feel terribly optimistic about that because I just think it will jumpstart our, um, you know, our influence across the world and, you know, help us to reach that vision of a safe and healthy world of work. Um, so it's not about transformational change, the next strategy. I can definitely tell um, all our listeners that much. It, it's about embedding. It's about leveraging that that sort of good work that's already been done. And I, I was reading an article um, the other day as part of my CPD um, from McKinsey that was talking about jolts and the fact that um, companies are going to have to get used to these sort of seismic shifts that make make you need to be really agile. Mm -hmm. You know, COVID has been a jolt, there will be others. So uh, I think within the strategy, we're really keen to make sure that we are agile uh, and we can deal with those jolts when they come along and that we can help the profession and our members uh, deal with those jolts as well. So, and I think the other thing is to say that, you know, so much um, good stuff has come out of working in this sort of hybrid way. So the use of technology for us um, has been absolutely uh, key in enabling us to keep services going for our members and, and for wider people in the business community. Um, you know, if I take an average year of when we were running physical branch and group sector group meetings, we'd have about 4,000 attendees in one year. Um, and in the last year, we've surpassed 25,000 uh, attending virtual events. So, you know, I think our reach is becoming a lot more. Yeah. So again, I just feel, you know, the world's our oyster in terms of how many people we can support. And, and you know, 
it's been really good learning for us to know that people value that that interaction. So yeah, I think there's just so much to play for, to be quite honest, in in the new strategy and for the profession. And uh, I find it hugely motivating. You know, it's what gets me out of the morning. Um, you know, the values of putting people first and making sure that people are protected at work and safe and healthy. Um, you know, that's what makes me get up in the morning and and feel optimistic. So yeah, I'm very excited about the future. Well, that's a very positive note to end on. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Vanessa. It was great speaking to you. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. See you next month for another conversation on all things health and safety.